Roger, I'm going to let you know that you've got a sin you need to confess. I'm going to confront you here in the podcast. And I'm going to confess on the podcast? Well, hopefully. Oh, okay, my go ahead. goodness. Gosh. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. We are the Fields Brothers coming to you from Central Kentucky. We are glad that you have joined us. My name is Jeff Fields. I am here with my older brother. Roger. And we enjoy just uh, talking about life on this side of the cross and some things that have happened um, around us, current events, maybe in Kentucky, maybe not. But Roger, anyway, this this was, um, I, I just hate to have to bring this up to you, but um, I don't know of a better way that um, you lied to me. Last podcast, you you lied to me. I did. Yes, you did. Okay. Well, <laughs> the, that might happen more frequently than like you, you think. Don't know. I don't know. I mean, no, <laughs> I, I'm willing. I am willing to leave open the possibility that it might have been an inadvertent false statement. Okay. All right. There. What was it? The Jesus movie. Yeah. You said specifically. You said I've gone back and listened to the recording. You specifically said. This is one of these one night only movies. That's what I was told. Yeah, it's not. And so, it's not. So that Friday night, I think, okay, it's only on Friday night. Yeah. So Teresa and I kind of, (laughs) I took off work early to get to a 4.30 showing because we had already obligated to babysitting grandkids that evening. And one night only, it's now or never. That thing is still on the theater here well, in Lexington. You know, let me tell you, okay, I'll tell you why I said that, because when, when I saw the movie that, the, about the father, what was it, Father Father Impact, or that, that whatever Show us the father. Yeah, show us the father, yeah. that uh, they said on there, it was one night only, and they gave the date as October 1st, and so I found what theater was on, I thought, well, it's one night, but that's what they said in that movie, so don't blame me, I was just repeating what I was told in, so, in the other movie. So anyway... So I'm not you, repenting of that. I, I, you're not showing. You're showing no remorse. <laughs> no, here, I'm not so. remorseful for that. <laughs> well, okay, I forgive you anyway. Okay. So. Uh, now I've totally lost track of what else we're doing here. So the uh, I just happened to see this. Heard this the other day. The, the phrase "no offense." It's an interesting phrase when people throw that in a conversation. They say something to you offensive, and they say no they, offense. Well, they usually say it beforehand, you know. No offense, but you're yeah. the so like if I came, okay, like, like just now, this yeah. thing, because, okay, yeah. Roger, no offense, but, you know, someone says that, yeah. you know they're getting ready yeah. to say something. Yeah, brace yourself. So, yeah, yeah. but anyway, right. that, that's all. Nothing more to that. Let me that, that happen. No. Um, let's see. Check that one off. Check you lied to me about the Jesus music being one day only, but check that off. Uh, do you know Lexington's getting a professional soccer team? <laughs> well, no, I no. did not know that. <laughs> and neither one of us are big soccer fans, but that was, I, I figured you might not have known that. So, um, I mean, you know, soccer's okay. You know, it might catch on. Supposed to be, they're you know. supposed to build a stadium downtown Lexington next to Rep Arena is the plans. Professional soccer team. So, really? Who knew? So the Lexington something? So yeah, they, a, I don't think they have a name for it yet, but they're well planning on that. Okay, I mean, so. I'm all for that. That's cool. um, moving right along, Teresa and I are doing some cleaning in the um, basement or clearing out some stuff and just kind of going through boxes, what can be thrown away, just trying to declutter some of the storage room and all that. She pulled out a box that had kind of like keepsake stuff and a really neat kind of experience for her. And uh, I mean, kind of touching for me as well. She pulled like, out like old a, golf stuff or what? No, 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 no. Oh, You're okay. so cynical on that. No, <laughs> I, see, I wasn't going to bring up golf at all. 
But anyway, she it was a, a notebook that from her high school senior year, she had moved from Indianapolis to, to uh, Central Kentucky early in her senior year. She found a paper that she had written in February of her senior year of high school, a paper written on the subject of Down syndrome. Huh. And she had totally, I mean, she had no memory of that at wow. all. And it was like several pages and, and covered. And so those who have listened to us for a while know that, that uh, I have a son, one of our sons has Down syndrome, Josiah. And uh, he, was, he was born in 94, so I'll let you do the math there. So I'm 26, be 27 26. in December. 26. Okay. But, um, and he has a rare type called translocation. And in the paper that Teresa wrote, it, it talks about all, different, all the different kinds. But specifically, and she had no memory of that. She had no memory of ever writing that. And that, wow. was, that was in 1982. So 12 years later, about 12 wow. and a half years later, almost 13 years later, wow. uh, we have Josiah. Wow. So, I mean, that was pretty incredible to see that. That's, to, to stumble that's across kind of that, mind blowing, really. but anyway, huh. the want to talk about a couple of. Do you got anything else before I jump into a scripture? I have a comment, a random comment. Okay, you know we're always accused, and I, we, we've kind of embraced the term of being hyper grace. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I would say that a lot of what goes on in Christianity today is hyper law. Yeah, we okay. I Some like of it's that. more legalistic than the Old Testament law. I like that because we've talked about. Cheap law, then we've turned that around. So, yeah. no, the real problem is cheap. Or, I mean, people talk about cheap grace. We've turned that around. So, the problem is cheap law. So, that's kind of a yeah, the same type of thing. Same but coming I like from that. a different angle. But it's a hyper law. But really, it's a hyper. I mean, I, that's one of the things I talked about when we sometimes share our story is that I felt like that what I was put under as a Christian was harder to live up to than what Jewish people had to live up to under the law. Mm-hmm. And so, hyper law. There you go. Well, you can write a book on that sometime. Yep. I do occasionally get asked, and a friend of mine asked me recently if we were working on another book, and I said, nothing active right now. We, we mentioned that one time. It's been over a year ago that we were, we were kind of toying around with another book, but that never went I, I write far. down little thoughts and notes that I think might go yeah. into a book at some point, but no, we're not actively, no, right? I mean, I'm always right. writing stuff. But. And we've, uh, we've talked about all different types of things here, but one the, two or three things that got in my mind. Uh, one, the, um, I don't know why I thought of this, but, you know, we all know we're not supposed to be like Pharisees. So we know in the, in the, you know, Jesus ministry of the Pharisees, we're not supposed to be like Pharisees. Nobody wants to be like a Pharisee. I mean, everybody kind of agrees on that, that that's, you know, we don't want to be like that. I have a comment about that. Though. Okay, go all ahead. Right? I used to think because of that, you know, Pharisees are always looked down upon as being, I mean, we kind of depict them as being mean, grumpy, mm-hmm. you know, and apparently from what I've read and understood is Pharisees actually were very, pretty popular. You know, they weren't, um, these you know these you know me and old, you know get off my lawn kind of guys they were actually just popular they were legalistic yeah but they were well thought of and popular and so anyway go ahead but where where I'm going with that is we've kind of let the Sadducees off the hook uh, now I bet I know I bet there's only one thing there I mean there's one thing that the Sadducees are known for and I bet if, if I ask you okay describe what do you know about the Sadducees it's going to be one thing yeah, what's the right. one thing you know about Sadducees well they didn't believe in the afterlife didn't believe in, or in the resurrection, the resurrection as well yeah. so they yeah. didn't believe in the resurrection yeah and we just kind of which is kind of fascinating isn't it that they grew up that was the under the law for. they're Jewish and they're but they didn't believe they believe once you die that's it and that's why they try to trap Jesus with that question about yeah. you know who's who's going who if you're married and you you're seven times you're which your wife dies, your hus- husband dies. You said you go through seven husbands. Who are you going to yeah, marry? Brothers. The afterlife? Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, anyway, where I'm going with this is 
I think a lot of times we're like the Sadducees too. Now, not doctrinally. You know, if we had a if we had a list to check, you know, do you believe in the resurrection? We would all check yes. But in terms of do I believe in the power of the resurrection of the risen Christ in our lives today? I think there's a lot of Christians that are kind of like the Sadducees. Well, you know, they don't really you, believe in the resurrection in their own life day to day. I tell Jesus you who coined a phrase. It's actually, I think, was a pretty good phrase. I did not read the book, but um, it's out of the Oklahoma. Um, I forget the name of the church. Now, it'll hit me in a little bit, but very well-known church, very well-known pastor. He wrote a book called The Christian Atheist. Okay. And ba- Have you heard of that? And basically, it's the idea uh, that you're, sure. you're a Christian, but you really operate your life yeah. just on your own power yeah. without really learning. You act like you operate the way an atheist would, yeah. even though you call yourself a Christian, which actually is pretty accurate. So if I don't really believe that, that the power of God can resurrect me in Christ, you know, Christ in me, then we're, we default to the law. We default to regulation we we default to obligation to try to force behavior and i think a lot of that comes from being like a sadducee not believing in the resurrection so that's not, a new I'm, twist I'm, on the definition of a sadducee but okay all right you let me get by with that one yeah let's get by with it the um thought of this verse this fits along what you just said about hyper long first uh, timothy one says, now the, start with verse 5, now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk. And then verse 7 is the key verse here. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawlessly. And it goes on to talk about the law for those yeah, who are Yeah, I know that scripture, but I don't, I don't remember where it's at. Well, well, 1 Timothy, Timothy 1. 1 Timothy 1. And, and we talked before about, you know, that it, it is... You know, it's not for the right. Is you know, the law is not for the rights for the unrighteous to bring right. them to Christ. There's right. another portion of Timothy, but the, the key part here in verse seven: desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. Yeah, that that's, is that's interesting. pretty yeah relevant. They want to be think. teachers of the law. They want to be able to lay the rules down, lay yeah. the law down. They want to be able to tell you what to do, control you, uh, give you all the Bible principles, do all that, but they don't know what they're talking about and not understanding. You know what they're saying with that. The um, I can't remember how much I told you about this. Did I tell you about talking to someone on the phone the other day? Uh, the one that had contacted us asking about buying some books that I did. Yeah. I did call him. Did I tell you about talking to him on the phone? I think. Well, I don't know. Okay, there's at least a couple of aspects that I didn't. I don't I listen think, to everything you said. So you probably told me. But I think I told just, you part of this, but there were a couple of parts I intensely did not tell you. I was probably so I thinking about. I was probably daydreaming about going out and playing golf or something. And I didn't hear a word. So anyway, said, someone yeah. contact ask us, you know, about the the price of selling ten books and um or buying 10 books from us. Uh, our book's Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross Called Religion, available on Amazon for about 10 bucks. Just or so smooth. Or whatever. You just so you just that slide right that right in, in there. there. Okay. So um, he sent us a message uh, with email and phone. So, and he lives within an hour of Lexington. Uh, small town, kind of northeast yeah, of Lexington. I remember you talking about that. And uh, so I called him. Had a great conversation, probably 15 or 20 minutes or so. And... Um, He's going to come to Lexington here in a couple weeks. I think I told you that. So, yeah, I mean, you if, if you're available to yeah. come down that morning, you know, you right. probably enjoy. So, uh, they'd already had plans to have the car worked on in Lexington that morning. So, um, so after that, they're going to come by my office and, and looking forward to that visit. But the two things I didn't tell you about, I asked him, how'd you find our book? How'd you know about our book? Because he's been enjoying the grace message for, I think he said 15 years or something. Oh, wow. So I said, how'd you know about it? And I don't know how long ago he learned about our book. So I said, how'd you know about our book? We well, you know how Amazon groups things together. You know, when you go looking yeah. for one thing on Amazon, yeah. and lower oh, yeah. down the page, yeah. it'll say people look for this. 
He was looking for a pressure washer. Can't, well, I, just, I can't remember if it was a pressure washer, either pressure washer. So we're, gonna, we're lumped in with a with power equipment. It was, and, it, was uh, a, it was either a pressure washer or a part to go with a pressure washer, something like that. It was something related to a pressure washer. He was on Amazon looking for that, and at the bottom it said, "People who are, you know people who are interested in this were also interested." Well, who and, knew? And, and our book "Breaking the Hex" came up on the Amazon page. With something to do with pressure washers. Maybe we're popular so among the pressure washers. Maybe we community. found a, a, a niche yeah. audience there that we uh, that we need to. Uh, to I can see that. Maybe you, like you you blast a little uh, you know fungi off the sidewalk well, with your pressure washer <laughs> and read a chapter and put it down and blast some yeah, more. We, we yeah, came up with chapters, some analogy so. or something, but you know, evidently somebody in the past had bought both, <laughs> and so somebody out there, whoever you are out there that bought something related to a pressure washer and our book at the same time, thanks for the uh, for the marketing. So because yeah. of that, somebody else. And the other thing... I may, have to do, I may have to do that now on Amazon, look up pressure washer and see if it comes up for me, you know? <laughs> I didn't try that. I don't know. Uh-huh. The, uh, the other thing is, and I asked him, and he, he gave me permission to mention these, um, he, his, uh, his wife... Um, this relates to the part of our book. Remember the part of the book where we have a picture of a, a church building yeah. in the steeple, and instead of the cross is what? A ladder. A ladder. Yeah. And we yeah. talk about how you know so much of religion is climbing a ladder type right. of thing. And if you know, so if churches want to be more honest and consistent instead of putting a cross on the top, which is really the end of religion, the the end of yeah, our effort. Yeah, cross and all really that. symbolizes an exchange. Yeah. You know, you, you, Jesus gave His life for us. We get His righteousness. He gets our sin. It's it's a symbol of exchange. Where a ladder is progress and working and you know getting your way up there. And so, anyway. so based on what is taught in a lot of churches, it'd be more consistent if they put a ladder on top of the steeple right. instead of that. Anyway, his wife Peggy, he tells me, has had a necklace made with a ladder instead of a cross on the necklace. So a little conversation starter there. I like to see that actually. Really, <laughs> I, see, I don't know if she's going to bring it when they come or not. We'll. we'll and so, she, out, what so. did she do it as a conversation starter? I think so. I yeah. Well, I mean, why else? I mean, I don't think she. Well, I don't know. I mean, why would I? I don't know why she would know. Well, that's interesting. And just to be able to point. It. So anyway, so we're looking forward to meeting them here uh, here in a couple of weeks or so. Romans 8. This is a familiar verse. Uh, we went to a different congregation Sunday for various reasons that, that are not all that important, but a place we had visited before and heard a sermon on Romans 8.28. I bet you can quote that from memory. Yeah, I'll think for God works through all things. Come on. Love him according <laughs> love him according to his purpose, something to that effect. That God works all your thought, the th- events of life together for those who love God. I don't know. I don't think that's close enough. I think this was Jeopardy. You would not have. They would not accept that. Answer, <laughs> something to but, that effect. That's a ballpark. So, that's a so. Fields paraphrase of it. <laughs> that makes. Uh, oh, we well. got your Bible open, so I guess you'll get to read it to us. So. But yeah, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And so that's pretty much what I well, said. Okay, okay, close right. enough. The um, and it was kind of the typical sermon, which I had no problems with. You know, the typical sermon of you know any point out specific examples like um, I started to say Paul Bunyan. I meant to say John Bunyan. You know, Pilgrim's Progress. He went to prison. Well, that's a bad thing. You go to prison. Yeah, Paul Bunyan he, was he, the guy he, with the ox, right? The blue ox. He was the, and the he axe was, and all yeah, that. Was, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, different Bunyans. There, and, right? uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is John, his his the uh, okay distant cousin, I guess. Okay. But anyway. Uh, you know, John Bunyan wound up in prison, tragic situation, but comes out with the manuscript of um, Pilgrim's Progress. Progress. Wrote right. 60 books. I didn't realize he wrote 60 books. So the idea of Romans 828, that even the bad stuff that happens to you, God can still work together for good. And that's true. Yeah, you know, true. I, I would not argue with that. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much, 
I, you know, I'm sure I preached that a time or two. You probably preached it a time or two. Every, you know, that's a that's an easy sermon to preach, and it's just kind of encouraging and reassuring for people to listen to. Yeah. But then the next verse, which he really did not go into, but this one I got thinking later on about. Do you know verse 29? Do you know the verse after that? For those who are, so eight twenty-eight. Start for, those it for who, me. For the <laughs> this is going to be like that Andy Griffith thing with Barney trying to remember the. Uh, the oh the, great! I'm Barney now in this. We okay, the you're people, Andy Griffith, I'm Barney. That. All right. Have you seen that clip where he no. tries to remember the we the people? Of the, oh, and yeah, the, I think Andy yeah. has to feed him every line, yeah. and then Barney's all proud after that he did it when he really didn't do it. But anyway, so Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did, for whom He foreknew. He also predestined to be yeah. conformed what to the image of his son. to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And I remember preaching, basically saying, "Okay, you should always think about twenty nine and not just twenty eight. That they go together, and that's probably true too." But but the angle I would take on it, and I think it's normally take on it, you know that that God is working to conform us to the image of His Son. A couple of things about that. I got thinking about that later. You know, and we tend to always view that as okay. God allows these bad things to happen, and He's using that to make us more like Jesus, to conform us to the image of His Son, to make us more like Jesus. Right, that's what we said. Yeah. And for the first time, I looked at that, and I thought, it was it possible that's already done though? You know, it doesn't specifically say that that's still a work in progress. You know, for whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Then verse thirty. Moreover, in whom he predestined, and all these are past tense. Moreover, whom he predestined, those he also called, those who called, he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. All those past tense. So I think in the cross and resurrection, we are immersed into Christ, we are joined with Christ, and at that point, we are conformed to the image of his son. I've got one other thought besides this, but uh, I mean, I didn't do a ton of research on and think this through, so I'm not... This is still kind of information in my mind, but any thoughts on that? Or is that... Uh, not yet. I mean, I might have to go back and read that over again. But I mean, I saw it as kind of a typical example of, you know, so much of this law versus grace comes down to what is done and what is not yet done. Yeah. You know, what is still in progress, what is done. And if there's any debate on that, I tend to come down anymore on the side of it's done. You know, Jesus said it is finished. So I think that in, in earlier this chapter you know he talks about that we are sons and talks about all these things of who we are now with that all right here's what i thought about that here's what i think happens though that that i think is negative when when you tell people that it's all done which i do believe all the work is done we we are completely Mm -hmm. forgiven completely justified all that is done people sometimes take away from that well there's there's no place to go there's no place to grow there's so we just you know we just kind of sit back and it's just it kind of takes away any sense of adventure or progress, I'm not sure what the exact word would be, but just a forward motion at all. Right, it can. Well, it can affect you that way, but I don't think it has to at oh, all. Oh, no, oh, no, not now, at all. There is let growth. me give you my new revelation that I think relates to this. Okay. okay? Very familiar verse um, in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, where it talks about, you know, we've been grace, we saved by grace through faith. It's not of yourself, not of works, as a man should boast. That's a close paraphrase then it goes right into the for we are god's workmanship creating christ for for good works that we should um, walk in walk in them okay and we always take that to be well god has done this so we would do good stuff for him Mm -hmm. 
doesn't say that. In a lot of translations, and I have printed them out and forgot to bring them. Some translations say, you know, we are God's masterpiece. A lot of them right. transfer, because that's kind of what the word implies, it's, I guess. It's a Greek word. Yeah, I, I remember, I've yeah. looked that up a little bit. It's the so, it's Greek word for poem. It's the idea so, of a masterpiece or okay. work of art. Type of thing. And, so, and so here's what I'm saying is, why couldn't it be thought of or understood to say this? We are God's masterpiece or workmanship, either way it works. Um, it created, in other words, for a good future for things that, you know, it, we think it's for good works means doing good things for other people or God. What could be just a good plan for your life, a good future, a good mm-hmm. destiny? Does that make sense? Yeah. I, you know, we, we always see everything through the lens <laughs> yeah. of we got to serve God and do more stuff for God. And so that's the way we also interpret that verse. Good works as and, opposed to bad works. Yeah, you, just... re, you read that in a lot of different translations. And I think you can also come away with the idea that God has created us to have a good life, to have a good night. doesn't mean it's always going to be cushy or easy. I'm not saying that, but a fulfilling, purposeful life. But you have to, and here's one of my new phrases, you have to start with done. Mm-hmm. And that's what this does. It starts with done. It's, well, this is what's done. It's by grace through faith. We, you've been saved. And and I think you need, we need to talk more about, too, you, bring, you brought up a few podcasts ago, but this salvation being saved really means to be made whole. I mean, that mm-hmm. really is significant. We need to drill down on that some more. But, you know, we've been made whole by what he has done for us so that we ha- would have a fulfilling future. And I think that's what that verse is getting at. For good works in, in which God prepared beforehand that we should yeah. walk in them. Yeah. And that's a little different angle, too. Walk in them versus yeah. doing these works for God. Yeah, you we know, just there, walk in this life that he, you know, he, he, all right, let me make a statement. You tell me if you agree or disagree, or if this is an overstatement or this, you know, is a little bit of a, has a wrong, you know, angle to it. But I do believe that to have, that a secret to have a fulfilling life, not just to go to heaven, but to have a fulfilling life to be made whole on this planet, that, the, the, that you start with, recognizing what God has done for you through Christ is by grace you've been saved through faith, and that that becomes the platform. That's where you start kind of a launching pad to have a life that does have meaning and love and hope and grace and peace and purpose. It, it, it builds a meaningful life. Mm-hmm. And it's not, not just a life of service, no, although that could certainly be woven into that, mm-hmm. but it just means that your life is richer and I believe that is what that verse is getting at, those three verses, actually, that we've been made God's masterpiece. He's made us something that's amazing so that we can have a life that's amazing. So where, so where that would tie back into Romans 8, you know, this idea of conform to the image of his son, you know, we tend to, you know, you always hear the thing, well, you know, it's like the whole thing of the Christian life is learning to be more like Jesus. Right. Which is and and I thought, you know, a lot of people take this verse to mean that. I don't think that's what this is saying. But I thought other than this verse, I'm not sure we see that anywhere in the yeah. epistles of, the, you know, the idea that we're supposed to gradually become more and more like Jesus. Well, okay, I let mean, me say, th- okay, would you agree with this? See, there again, when we hear that, to be more like Jesus or conform to the image of his son, we're thinking there again of actions. When we mm-hmm. do stuff like he did, you know, he took care of people, loved people, and he did all that, which I think is, it should be, that should come out of our lives. Um, but the thing is, that's most, I believe, tell me if you agree, that's most characteristic of the life of Jesus that we see in the Gospels is his close relationship with the Father. Yeah. It's not just okay. the stuff he did. Right. It's that continual dependence and relationship in the Father. So when we say 
that we're being conformed into the image of Christ, it's I think we're moving closer to just walking in the relationship that we already have. Oh, absolutely. Okay, you teed that up perfect for me because that's right. my next point out of this. Right. And I saw something here I'd never seen before, to be conformed to the image of his son. son. Yeah. And I read that. Okay, now this is kind of the flip side of what you mentioned a week or two ago. Yeah. You made the Tony right. Evans talk about every time we see, and, and yeah. you know, great quote, every time we see Father, we just automatically think God. Yeah. Well, here, it's the, it's the flip side of that. Yeah. Every, we just see his son, we immediately think Jesus. Yeah, right. And so we read this as if it say, okay, God's using all this bad stuff to make me more and more like Jesus because right. he doesn't like me now and, I, right. I, and I'm, not, I'm yeah. not where right. I am point. and yep. I need to be more and more like Jesus. No, conform to the image and image. I mean, it's not image of his son. It's not talking about works necessarily or outward conduct right but the, but the image of his son which is exactly what you were saying that we might know the love of the father as his sons with that and so i you know i see this now god does work through the bad things in our life but it's not in order to make us more like jesus we've already been made one with him we've already been conformed to the image of his son and so i think i think there's good news in that this is essentially already happened and that's the encouragement. And then it goes on, you know, that last part of Romans 8, to, you know, what the, shall we say then of God before us? Who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. You know, Jesus reminds me of John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father. Wow. You know, I used to always just read yeah. that as heaven. You know, you, you get out of hell, you go to heaven. I'll tell you, one of the, the biggest Father, issues, so. and we've just been trained to see the Bible in a certain light. Yeah, really. When we read scriptures, we have all these filters that we've been given, and that's what always, in my opinion, messes us up. You know, Jeff, in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about something that I'd kind of forgotten about. It's kind of a funny story that happened to me a long time ago that I think um, relates to a lot of what we talk about. Okay. So we'll and one other thing, kind of a serious story, was kind right. of touched me that I hope to share as well. So. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.